It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it you want a podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it's 1999 the podcast where we talk about the movies in 1999 from the trunks of our cars parked here in 2018 wow i, I like it very good I'm Kenny Ivart, one of your hosts, and with me as always is... Phil Iscove. And today we're talking about a movie we'll talk about in a second, with Heather Renier. It's true. Television writer. Hello. Extraordinaire. Oh. Uh, I can't vouch for that, but um, well, I mean, I she's, she seems lovely, has been on some great shows. She has been. Sleepy Hollow being one of them. Um, my understanding is you're on Smilf now. I am. And uh, Correct. 4,400? What? What? No. 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 Uh, what was the... You know, you're not the first one to make that error. It's Falling, Falling Skies. Skies. Falling Skies. I think they're the, the same other one. show. They're the same show. You're not the first one to say that. Were yeah. they? That was, was from 4,400. That was, like was from people that were aliens, right? A- Falling Skies is aliens. No, I know, but like it was this whole like sort of pseudo immigration thing. Wasn't it sort of this like. 4,400, I watched a little was? bit. It's pretty good. I, I never saw. Yeah. I wasn't. That wasn't throwing shade. It was, anyway. know, it's pretty good. Was good too. Sure, it was great. Thank you. Anything else that I missed? Um, that's pretty much it. Oh, I was on iZombie. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, cool. That was a fun gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with the star of A Christmas Prince. Yes, correct. Yes. She's Kenny's lovely. Are big you of which Christmas one? Prince. of Rose McIver or well, both? Christmas Prince is an amazing movie. She's lovely. <laughs> Flawless movie. She, she's fantastic. iZombie is also great. iZombie is a great show. And um, Heather is joining us to talk about Jawbreaker. Am I ever? 
What of 1999, 1999, 1999. Did you just have a stroke? Oh, no. It is. This, I, I mean, this is the first of three podcasts we're doing today. Yeah. This is going to be a long night. Oh, this yeah. is the first one. And it's one of 1999's. Um, I'd, I'd say, like, maybe most iconic movies. Whoa. I, think, I would agree. Whoa. I think this is a movie that has okay. – I think this is a movie that has <laughs> persisted in the public mm. consciousness. Um, there aren't a lot of movies that look like this. There aren't a lot of movies that sound like this. I can't disagree. Jawbreaker that. means – Accurate. Jawbreaker means something in the culture. It doesn't mean a big candy. It means a murder movie in some, in some respects. Interesting. So um, okay. I think there's something to this movie – that we don't get with every other movie. I think it's a very that I agree with. Very unusual, very unique movie, and I'm excited to talk about it. So, um, Heather, yes. Before we get into Jawbreaker, mm-hmm. uh, where were you in 1999? I was in the seventh grade. Come on, I was. <laughs> where were you in school? I was just starting Winward Junior High School. That's here. It's here. Lovely. It's in. It's like Sawtell, Culver City, Venice, like in it, it, like Mar Vista, yeah. in like a middle neighborhood. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like you know a new beginning for me. So grade seven, how old were you? I was thirteen. Okay. But I just like left my elementary school. It was like the big like I'd been at that school for nine years, and this was like my and I didn't know anyone, and I was like it was like a big formative uh, year for me. Did you think? Did you watch this movie in nineteen ninety nine? Uh, I believe I did. I watched it when I was around that age. Like a young person. Yeah, like a young person. A young, I don't think I saw it in theaters. A teenage girl watching this movie, I imagine that's pretty. Oh yeah, incredible. It must have. Yeah. <laughs> were you a Were you a fan of the teen? I, this isn't really a horror movie. I think it's kind of an offshoot, but like the teen mm-hmm. horror genre, or. I always loved a dark comedy. A dark comedy. Yeah. So like the Heather. He- well, like yeah, Heather's, but <laughs> right. like even Ball like yeah. I remember like. I don't know. When I was a kid, I like loved Serial Mom. That's a great that? movie. John, John Waters. Waters. Is that a great this movie? This movie definitely yeah. has some John Waters. Well, it's, in it it's for like sure. it's I a love much those better movie weird... than Jawbreaker. It is. Is it Serial? <laughs> it is. I love. Oh I would say I would say all of John <laughs> Waters movies are better than this. Whoa! I don't know. There's no shit eating in this movie. That's true. I didn't. I'm not gonna. Right. It's not going to watch Pink Flamingos. Uh, okay. We don't have to go down the John no, Waters. I don't think no. I just, I think this movie was definitely influenced by John Waters. I don't think, I don't think that statement is true. I've seen John Waters movies that I like less than this, but I do think Serial Mom is great. And I do think this is a very similar movie. I agree yeah. with you. You mean oh. me? Uh, she was the one who said Serial Mom. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She said she was obsessed with Serial Mom. I was. No, I know. This is a John. All right. Let's just let's move I haven't on. seen, see, I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, but I like loved it. And she it, murders someone. Yeah. Or wearing white after Labor Day. <laughs> it's like, so good. It's Kathleen Turner. Yeah. yeah she's great. It's, and yeah. it's also kind of like her last awesome role. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah weirdly. Yeah. Uh, after she gets, no, she murders her after she gets acquitted of all the other shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah she I remember like, that. It's like a juror. And the juror's like, yeah. I, I knew you didn't do it. She's like, don't wear white after <laughs> Labor Day. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so it's good. It's an awesome it's movie. Um, it's better than right, but, Well, look. <laughs> Uh, this is a I real mean, ambush that's happening. It's not an ambush, believe me. I, I mean, I didn't, I've never seen Jawbreaker. I'd say oh. it's only not an ambush because we didn't coordinate. We didn't coordinate. But it is kind of going to be an ambush. Oh, yeah. God damn it. But I, here's it's the thing. If anyone can podcast? fight for this, it's going to be Heather Renier. Is, I feel like you're. Well, I need to know now. Is cussing allowed? Absolutely. Oh, great. Yeah, have at it. Go okay, it. cool. Uh, so 1999, mm-hmm. you saw this film. You're around 13. Yes. Did you. I guess my question is, what was teenage Heather Renier like? 
And was this film sort of, did that influence you in any way? Did it sort of like, because it's, this movie, in the research that I've done, Mm -hmm. the the fashion, the music, all this sort of stuff became a a real flashpoint, which I was, I didn't know that, I guess, more than anything. Did it affect you in any way? I don't think it affected, I I don't know if it affected me in a fashion way. Like, I think the way that it affected me was, it was very reflective of the high school experience, which is like... Awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like everything seems kind of great, and like you're supposed to buy into all of this bullshit when yeah. even behind that premise is like a lot of darkness, mm-hmm. and like it's very fucked up and very strange. Sure. And the idea of like popularity and what kids would do for popularity, all of that rang is very emotionally true. I would definitely say that the surrealism that exists. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like high school felt very surreal to me. Like everything felt yeah. very heightened. Everything felt very sort of for sure end of the world when mm-hmm. it really isn't. I mean, no, your horror, it, your for horror, me, it always felt warped. more Friday Night Lightsy. Wait, this did? No, no. My, your high school my, did really? Okay. My high school experience. Not so. Your no, varsity no. blues. No, I don't mean. Oh, that's Robert. nice. I don't, Where did you grow up? In New York. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that. I don't mean that it was like I. I don't. I don't mean that like I was. I was. It felt like I was in Friday Night Lights. Sure. But the heightenedness of every day you um, live right, right, right. is the most important day of your life. Yeah. That was how it felt. And, and also could be the best day of your life. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this was different. This did not remind me of high school at all. Well, this didn't remind me of my high school or experience. Or even, emo- even emotionally. Clear. Like even oh. emotionally. This, this is not how I, – I, I feel like this is a high school – a lot like the high school in Heather's, um, yeah. where or, or even like a little clueless, even. Well, mm-hmm. this the pitch is very clearly to me clueless meets Heather's. Yeah, but um, clueless is a wonderful movie, as I've established on the podcast. It is a wonderful. This movie. is a horrible. Oh, movie. Oh wow! Where <gasps> where horrible horrible? I actually, I feel really bad. I said that. You clueless, should feel bad. Clueless is clueless is a I mean, wonderful. It's not a good movie. Clueless is a what? It's that that, that <laughs> no. that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Clueless depicts a wonderful high school experience, yeah. whereas this depicts a horrible high school experience. Well, Clueless is more of a satire. Right. This is like yeah. the dark underbelly of like female friendships and like desperation and backstabbing. This is like the dark side of like See, that's why I think that this movie, teens. I think, definitely hit a vein more Let's with women than it did that. with guys. Yeah. Because the, the, the male characters in this movie are well, don't really exist. No. So and that I'm fine with that. So it, it, it just very much seems geared towards women. So that's why I'm curious as to what you took away from it when you saw it, when you were susceptible and and sort of this movie was kind of aimed at you right my guess well it i mean when i say it like rung emotionally true for me it's like that's was a heightened version of my experience of women a little bit like a female friendships of like you're trying to there is a real um like a viciousness like especially girls at that age are so vicious yeah like men grow up and become a whole other thing but women, like 13, 14-year-old women, yeah. is a real yikes. All right. So that's that's this really interesting because I would say Clueless feels like those girls mm-hmm. are actually kind of secretly wonderful, right? That's the idea, that the, the girls who are ruling the school, if you only got to know them, right. they have really good intentions mm-hmm. and they're really sweet people. Yes. Whereas Jawbreaker feels like if you really got to know them, they might murder you. Right. You know, like true, like deep down in their bones, like they might actually kill you if it meant that they were a little cooler that week. Yes. And maybe that's a more valid 
kind of uh, view of, of high school. It's I mean, more it's, of a yeah. Lord of the Flies. I mean, from, like, from the female. stuff that I've read, read from the director, who I already like the movie more. Keep going. Who, um, <laughs> who is very sort of outspoken about his influences and what he was trying to do with it. It certainly feels like that was what he was trying to say. I, I, now, we can talk about it and we will talk about my issues with it have more to do with sort of like filmmaking technique mm-hmm. and lack thereof. Mm-hmm. I think that sort of really jarred me a lot in it. Um, and story. Story's bumpy too. Well. But I, I, I would say that for it, it's just – it's clear that he's just kind of throwing everything at the wall and just doing a bunch of crazy shit with not maybe as much of a rhyme or reason as he thinks he okay. has. But I mean, we'll, we'll, I want to hear. We'll, yeah. We'll take that I want to hear you but, out. Um, before we get into all of that, uh, I'm going to give the synopsis of this film for the people that have not seen Jawbreaker, uh, which based on his box office would seems high. Rude. Cult classic, though. Cult a lot classic. of people saw it afterwards. Totally. And and we've talked about this on, and we've had many of these movies happen where movies that did not hit a vein in the box office had a second mm-hmm. life on video, which we don't see as much today. I'd say even this exists. more than most. This is, yeah, this yeah, for sure. Yeah, this, even is more, cult. this is definitely a cult. Like, there, I think I, we kind of learned that there is like a little cult of Idle Hands. Yes. I think there's a big mm-hmm. cult of Jawbreak. For sure. For so. sure. Uh, so the synopsis of this film uh, from Google. Is uh, when an uh, exclusive clique of teenage... Uh, exclu- sorry, what was that? <laughs> clique? The word is click. No. The word is not click. No. But anyway, we're not going to have this discussion. We've already... It's d- click. It's not. It's, you must it's be click. kidding me. It's also not niche. It's niche. Oh, I God. didn't say niche or niche. I'm just... Clique? Click is the word. No, it's clique. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. It's at PM Isco. Please come at me. Podcast like 1999. Bring it. Is it click like, or is it click like a gross sound you might make while spitting? I, like, <laughs> really? Is there, is, is, how is it spelled? Kenny? Is it spelled like this or is it spelled with a Q and a U? This is going to be so embarrassing for you. you it's really stop. not going to be. You should stop. Because it's a pronunciation thing. It's just, oh. it's, it's, you guys, I love that Kenny thinks that this is actually going to be embarrassing I, for me, I, but it's fine. We're moving past it. I feel bad for you. Oh, Kenny. Heather, how do you feel for him? You know. I, I, you can you can try to be as patronizing as you want, but yeah. I think if you, you could YouTube it and see, you know, how they do like a pronunciation thing. Yeah, no, we'll do that later. Right. Want me to do it now? No, do whatever do you want. Later. What is going on right now I have with one, you? I'm 100% positive. Okay, that's fine. I mean. I, 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 I know but, that but, it's but, not. But well, no, no. We, there is, there's obviously one big possibility here. That in Canada it's clique, and in America it's click. That's very possible, and, and also that you know it's it's, but, a, but, but it's I, a French derivative. But you know whatever, it's fine. So what, oh, Kenny? In America it's, it's click, and everyone knows that. Fine, wow. we're going to move past this. I love it because Go you're ahead. getting really worked up. Look at Kenny drinking from his American. Uh, I'm not. I do love that it does say American. <laughs> That's America I, right I, there. No, no, I'm not worked up. I'm a hundred percent confident. Okay, fine. Are you a hundred percent? Yes. That I that that is how I've heard it pronounced from where I was born. That I, I believe. You. That I believe. Go ahead. Talk, tell us about the clique. Anyway, of teenage uh, socialites <laughs> accidentally murders their best friend Liz on the morning of her birthday. The three girls responsible, Courtney, played by Rose McGowan, Julie, played by uh, Rebecca Gayhart, and Marcy, played by Julie Benz, conspire to hide the truth. As the trio make over as a tree, sorry, as the trio make over nerdy reject Fern Mayo, played by Judy Greer. <laughs> And groom her to take Liz's place. Crack police detective uh, Vera Cruz, played by Pam Greer, launches an investigation that will turn Reagan High School upside down. 
Jawbreaker was released on February 19th, 1999 in 13th place <laughs> with $1.6 million behind new releases, October Sky and Office Space. I'm amazed wow. how many movies we've done that have opened lower than 10th place. Yeah. yeah. Like wouldn't have even made the Entertainment Weekly top 10 list. It just would have been like mm-hmm. other openings. Yeah. But Jawbreaker it- went on to make $3.1 million on a $3.5 million budget. That's a hit. Before video and everything else. That's Both those numbers surprised me a lot, <laughs> yeah. too. Because I feel like, all right, so Scream was 96. Mm-hmm. Or 95? 96 or 95. Yeah, I'm not sure. Rose McGowan was a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, she was dating Marilyn Manson. 96 oh, yeah. was Scream. 96 was Scream. Little cameo. She was like, oh, God. He's big, so yeah. Big cameo. She was a tab. She was a tabloid thing, right? Like, yeah. She was, but also, she was great in Scream. Mm-hmm. She was great. You wanted more of her in Scream. Yes. I'm surprised. She was that like the breakout of Scream. Totally. She was. The movie's the best. Well, Doom Generation is great too. I don't know if you've seen. The, I've never seen that. The Gregor Aki movie. What's it called? The Doom Generation, mm-hmm. which was a Sundance hit. Um, I don't know what year it was. I want to say '95. Um, that was before Scream. That was before Scream, which I believe is that 1995. Does that make this her follow-up to Scream? Yes. Mm. Wow. So she was gone for a long time. Uh, I don't know if that actually, I don't know if she went away for as long as we think here. I'm looking her up right now. I don't think it was that long because she does scream in 96 and then she has, Jesus, she has five movies in 97. None of which I've heard of. None of them I haven't heard of. Jawbreaker is the first movie for her, really. Phantoms is a movie I've heard of. But, um, yeah. Whatever. She was in Biodome. Uh, Wait, Rose McGowan was in Biodome? Apparently. She was Denise. She was also an Encino man. What? She apparently was, her and Polly Shore were probably, I don't know, a thing. Wow. Did you know that Encino man was called California man outside of the country? <laughs> no. Yeah. Kind of I was California man. I was, with, I was with this British guy, because I'm very cosmopolitan, I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who are you know, from Europe, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about movies, and he just brings up California man. And I looked at him the way I looked at Phil when he said, clique. I'm yeah. like, California, California, man. I flipped. <laughs> um, but we learned soon that some people say things different pla- different ways in different places. Huh. It's true. Yeah. Huh. Yes. So, uh, well, yeah, there's various uh, pronunciations of uh, of the word. Ooh, obviously. Like, there's, obviously a, there's a British one and then there's an American one. I know. I and I'm shocked, shocked that America would remove all culture from the word and make it sound as... You know, oh, whoa. Whoa. coming at you. Whoa, whoa, Phil. Moving coming on. We moved all culture from the word clean. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is, I, oh my God. This is, we're going to be This is up. how, by the way, this is how we sold the podcast. It hasn't <laughs> happened. No, I'm not kidding. This, on this, more we said, aggro. We said, no, we said. Like, we're, he's American. He's Canadian. That's Will right. they ever go to the Oh my we, God. <laughs> We that was the theme song. We said that we would argue, and like every podcast, we're like, we do argue. We just don't get heated. It took clique to get heated. Is that the most heated it's got? I think so. Uh, So critical response was Mm -hmm. overwhelmingly negative towards. Drawbreaker. That's true. It holds a 7% approval on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, leading to its inclusion on several of the website's lists as ranking the worst films, earning the distinction of being the single worst film of 1999, as well as ranking the 10 worst films of the 1990s. Not true. Not just. That might that might be true that it's unfair and unjust, but these are these are facts. Well, yes, I guess that's true. Uh, So Rolling Stone had a very positive review of this movie. And I'm going to read the final paragraph because I think it does speak very highly of the film. Uh, 
Director Stein mixes every teen genre from horror to musical with sly dexterity and cast actors who appear in those films. There's William Catt and PJ Souls from Carrie, Jeff Conaway from Grease, and Carol Kane from When a Stranger Calls. Stein also enjoys tweaking gender stereotypes. Courtney asks a boy to suck on a popsicle to show her how he wants his dick licked. Basically, he's giving himself head. Jawbreaker is only Stein's second movie, but his roguish talent for sweet carnal candy is unmistakable and addictive. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Kenny? I think that's a reading of the movie. I think it's fair. I think it's fair too. I think it, I think it also speaks to a higher purpose. Yes. Than I had previously attributed to the movie. Um, I don't think it was successful most of the time, but but I but I, I appreciate what, the swings. I see what they're. I see yeah. what he's saying there. Um, I can I tell that. you what my first two notes on this movie were? Sure, please. I'm pretty accepting of premises. Coincidence is great. <laughs> Coincidence is great when starting a movie, (laughs) terrible when finishing one, but this premise is downright ludicrous. (laughs) Wait, what Uh, is ludicrous about the premise? Which Um, part? The fact that that they would teenage girls kidnap their friends? Kidnap breakfast. I did that. That's a thing. I did that in, I've done that in my adult life. This is, is, I think this is a, and I did that as a girl. No, I believe that that kidnap breakfast. You kidnap a friend in their pajamas and you like take them to breakfast. But See, you that's don't fun. But you don't. You put them in the jawbreaker. No, you wouldn't stick a jawbreaker. No, but that's the fun twist. That's when. That's why it's a movie twist. That, no, that's fair, and that's what I'm saying. When I'm pretty accepting of, of premises, but um, <laughs> that you know, and I, I'm a big fan of that's why it's a movie, right? Like, yeah, sure, I get it. Like the one time in history when someone stuck a jawbreaker down someone else's mouth and that person died, that should be a movie because it. But there's a lot of bridge too far stuff here. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what my biggest I had less of an issue with the concept as I did with how they responded to said thing. All right, so that's what I was going to say. So so one it felt like a title in search of a premise, right? Like a sure. Like a you know they they get into the thing about the jawbreaker. What yeah. a, what a horrible name for a candy. And then they said, "Oh, how do we turn that into a movie that you know, kind of matches the, you know, like the candy coloring with the kind of revolting premise of breaking mm-hmm. someone's jaw. Sure. My biggest issue with this movie is, so it, it has everything that we were just talking about on one hand. It's a dark satire. It aspires to something greater. Yeah. Um, it's make it's trying to make a comment on this generation, really just high, high school politics in general. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because of Rebecca Gayhart's character's immediate yes. turn to this is wrong, we yeah. are terrible, and taking what should have just been the audience's point of view and never voiced on screen, mm-hmm. it didn't commit to this premise. And it actually, I, I found that That's whole thing, I found like that everything that they were trying to do that was Heathers-esque had the knees just cut out from it by one of these girls immediately disowning what they did. It mm-hmm. just, that all felt wrong to me. What? But I, I felt like every scene she was in was, was in a different, much, much worse, dumber movie. But well, if that's you, interesting. But if you don't have that, like, isn't it? It's difficult. Like, what is that movie? Then they're all in agreement. Like, where's the conflict if you don't have one of them? Being well, like, you, you, you have Heather's basically. Because yeah. Heather's is just you know that, that fully commits to it, and and it should also be said too. Well, like, someone at the well, end, someone it, at the end, kind of realizes how terrible they are. Right, but, but but Heather's is also. I mean, that is that is a serious high wire act in terms of tone and in terms yeah. of just sort of. And I agree with you, but to its credit, it's, it maintains the same tone throughout the movie. Whereas every I scene Rebecca Gayhart is in becomes like a. a but movie I would of say, but I would argue that the Rebecca Gayhart stuff was some of the, the only stuff that really worked for me. 
she was the only one that that had any sort of anything close to a three dimensional character. But I, but my my argument would be because of if she wasn't in it, she cripples the movie because of it. No, yeah, I get that. so I get she, that. you put this, you put this. I don't think she's three dimensional as much as she has a conscious conscience, right? Well, she has some dimension, I guess. Is what she, has con- she has a conscience, but yeah. but we have the conscience, right? We're the we're the people who have the That's conscience. Fair. That's totally fair. And the other person that could have kind of been our conduit was Pam Greer. She could have been built up a little more too. Barely in the movie. Barely in the movie, but yeah. she is the detective, so we could have rolled with her a little more. Just yeah, trying to find this out. I fully agree with you on that. So, because I would actually say that part of the problem with her not being in the movie enough is that. There's a very, there's a serious lack of momentum in the movie in terms of like pulling you through the story because it's it it kind of meanders and it, whereas Pam Greer if she was a real character in this movie would really push our characters to do things to be sort of reactionary right. and there's there's very little of that Rose McGowan is just sort of this weird kind of puppet master a little bit who does things but it's not necessarily because of a reaction to to Pam Greer in any real way. We're back, Heather. No. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, uh, yeah, you're back again. Sit. To me, it's just like, that's not what the movie's about. Like, I, I, like ever, I'm listening to everything you're saying. I'm like, yeah, sure. But it's like, it's the sure. movie is about like, Rose McGowan is like a symbol for this really like, this like, I believe like a feminine darkness. I mean, everything of like, sure, oh, sure, sure. we'll say she was raped. Like, that's crazy. That's a that's a crazy and it's all about also like female power. Like it's so much watching these hmm. women like individually choose how far they're willing to go for this like very shallow fake ideal that I also like and I and I think he actually visually did a very good job. Like the title sequence of like all the magazine clippings mm-hmm. of like that is how you are sold your identity as a teenager, sure. particularly a teenage girl. And like, that's what you're supposed to aim for. But that is such a shallow aim yeah. that the only way you're going to find that is by going on this kind, like it is a dark path to a shallow aim. And I thought they did that's that fair. very well. And I didn't really care much about the rest. I, true. Again, this sort of comes back to sort of, it comes back to sort of the the teenage experience that you had versus the teenage experience that I had in terms of you 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 kind of have this this purview of being a teenage girl and having gone through sort of that high school experience that I didn't. So I wasn't writing so much on that stuff because I found myself just kind of rejecting these really horrible people. But I don't know that that's maybe that's kind of. But men don't. What is the male version of that? You don't have like there's a male ideal that you have to achieve that compromises who you I are I as a know. human. I, 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 I'm sure there is. Like toxic I don't know what masculinity. It is. I'm sure there is, but I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily prescribe. To, like I, I wasn't taken with that. I, I'm sure that I guess there are sports movies. I guess varsity blues is an example of some, of some bad shit going on in terms of male teenage characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched that movie and was like, these guys are fucking douchebags like i that, didn't feel for them you know what i mean i wasn't like i mean varsity blues isn't like the 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 analog for this movie for for no man. It, it's, it's, just, it's no it's i feel example. like american like, psycho is like, the analog well, oh, honestly that's like, a great but that's movie. what it feels like to me like that sure. is like uh you are taught to like go after money and look a certain way and like that's very that's a dark that will lead you to a dark place and that is like i wasn't like rose mcgowan and i didn't feel for rose mcgowan but i liked watching her because sure. it reminded me of like 
this is kind of what you're told to do as a young girl. And that hmm. seeing that play out was very interesting and a wish fulfillment way of like, yeah, it is a fucked up thing that society tells you to do right. because this is really what they're saying. That's a very interesting analog because the American putting those two next to each other. I mean, I think American psycho, I think we would all hopefully agree that American psycho is a better movie than jawbreaker. Well, yes, but I, but well, I do think fine. it's a good analog because it does sort of, it is a movie that is very much obsessed with aesthetics. Right. I mean, it's all about that, the, the music and the fashion and all that sort of stuff that this movie equally has. Um, it has a lot of big needle drops and a lot of music going on in that, which this movie does too. This movie has a lot of music in mm-hmm. it. Um, now, admittedly, these are two different worlds. One is a high school. The other is Wall Street, I guess, yeah. or something to that effect, but not all that dissimilar. Well, well, all right. So that's a really good good notion. What the, the, the more interesting version of this movie mm-hmm. would have been one where Rose McGowan is the Protagonist isn't exactly the right word, but the anti-hero yeah. perspective way into this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't in, in American Psycho, you don't really have anybody checking him. No. What you're really supposed well, Willem to Willem Defoe kind of a little bit. End, but, yeah. but what you're really Similar supposed to, to do with that, yeah, what yeah. you're supposed to do with that with that movie, or what that movie I think is trying to do, yeah. is seduce you into making you want to live this lifestyle. And it takes you it takes mm-hmm. your better self mm-hmm. to talk you out of it. And to, like a lot of these movies, like to me, the classic one is Goodfellas. Good, Goodfellas is the one where there's a lot of seduction in that world, and you have to you have to beat yourself, yeah, um, into saying, "But they're murderers. But these are disgusting people." The movie helps you a little bit because there's that there that midpoint where the guys in the trunk that is like the the point of Goodfellas is it's so wonderful until people get killed. America cycles the same way. I wonder if Jawbreak, because I, I do think that that is a little bit what, what Heathers has that this movie doesn't have. Mm-hmm. I think if you were with Rose McGowan the whole way, if if mm-hmm. if, if it felt like yeah. you, she is trying to cover up this murder and like you're kind of rooting for her to do it. Ooh. It's well, interesting though, because yeah. I don't root for Patrick Bateman. I don't have the Goodfellas experience where it's like, oh, these just seem like fun guys you'd get a beer with and then like, oh, but they murder people. Like Patrick Bateman, I'm never on his side. I just like watching him. I'm fascinated I feel the same way. by his pursuit yeah. at all costs of like the American dream in a way. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say that you root for him, but right. I am trying to say that you want that movie to keep going. Yes, of you're course. You're not rooting you know, against him, I guess, like, but you're no, not rooting yes. for him at the same time. I don't, I don't want him to be caught. It's yeah. a lot like Tony Soprano, right? Yeah. Like- I never wanted that show to end. So, right. Yeah. And I never wanted him to be caught because yeah. if he gets caught, that show ends. Right. So mm-hmm. this yeah. would I, mm-hmm. I think you could have done a similar thing here. And I think, you know, obviously Heather's did. The other movie that obviously, it's, it's, it's so weird because it came after it and has the exact same structure as Mean Girls. But Mean Girls is a perfect Good. movie. It's like the, it's a it's, much better movie. No, it's truly. It's. It, I think it's. I think it's one of the top ten movies of of that decade of the two thousand of, huh. of the of the the twenty. I, really, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, really I haven't it. seen it in a while. Yeah. I, it's just a much softer version. I think that's a more like appeals to everyone. It is a much softer version, right? It is. It yeah. take it, it takes out all the hard edge. It's not. It's it's 
but it has it, some stellar comedic performances in that movie too. Like there, there, you know, I mean, taking Tina Fey out of it, who is quite funny. I think Lindsay Lohan's really good in that movie. I think Rachel McAdams, who doesn't really do many she's comedies, amazing. is great in it. Yeah. She's like very it's good. it's everyone's really kind of clicking on all cylinders. Amanda Seyfried is great in it. Like it's it's a really good movie. It's so just, it's it's got a deep bench. Heather, your your first point is really just what's so interesting to me because you, the the perspective from which you viewed this movie, um, spe- I think really informs why you liked it so much. And you know, whereas Mean Girls, you know, I'm basically just. Both of these movies I'm yeah. viewing from this, yeah. you know, omniscient viewpoint. I don't really have a horse in this in this race, and I'm just interested to see how this all happens. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to see, like, Rose McGowan as a high school oppressor, as mm-hmm. someone who walks down the hall you're genuinely scared of. And I, I think, I mean, I don't know if you want to keep going on that, but that's that that's the most, like, re- yeah. relevant mo- part of this. I keep – I'm sorry. Can you go? Oh, no, no, no. You go. I was, oh. I was just going to say that I think that um, a lot of what – probably hindered this film had a lot to do with budget and a lot to do with the fact that they made it in 30 days, which is kind of insane. Yeah. So this thing was shot out of a cannon and I don't think, I think with more time, maybe they would have found Mm -hmm. a little bit more depth, a little bit more, you know what I mean? Like I just think there Mm -hmm. there would have been a little bit more to it. I think that the director talks about how um, it was made by the home video division of Columbia TriStar. So we didn't have a 10 to $20 million budget like Cruel Intentions or Can't Hardly Wait, which were both TriStar films or Sony films at the time. Uh, Cruel Intentions is a 1999 That's a 99 Also about uh-huh. sociopaths. Yeah. Also about people of the same, same sort of age. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great guest coming on for that. Great. Um, and 30 days to make this. It was a very ambitious shoot, very elaborate sets, costumes, camera work, lighting. It was definitely a fast production, but I remember having a great time. He was 25 when he made this movie. Was he really? Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <Jenny. Yeah. laughs> gross. Why gross? I'm so jealous. Oh, yeah. Um, well, seething I Seething jealousy. Well. But like, if this, I, I, there's just a part of me that's like, if he had had a little more time and a little more money, I just think about what this film could have been. And it could have been yes. something. It's, it is something special and interesting in its own right in totally. the way that it was made. But and it, it is, could have been something yes. better. And I also appreciate that it's not that it has rough edges in an unintentional way, like mm-hmm. like cult movies do. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that is part of the enjoyment. But Rose McGowan's character that was really clean, and I love for what it was saying. And same with I know she was a little light, but Judy Greer's character, just the setup of that, I mm-hmm. thought was great. Of this girl who's just like obsessed with the I forget the woman's name who's killed. What her Liz Liz Purr. Liz Purr. The, t- the Teen Dream the Teen Dream the cat's yeah. meow. But, like, both of them in there, like, I don't know. It was just, they were very, they were exaggerated. They were, like, you know, exaggerated sure. high school archetypes. But, like, I, like, and even the girl who's, like, the follower, who, like, Grease Dad was, like, Julie Benz. Like, they're, they are all, like, really interesting, like, toxic versions of, like, female, like, ideals. Or, like, and, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do wish that that they had been a little bit more defined. Like Rose is defined. Like Courtney is defined. They're all pretty defined. Mm-hmm. She's like the evil bitch, right? Okay, sure. Liz is like the nice one. The the like Liz Per, yes. Liz Per. Like yeah. Julie Benz is the follower, Marcy. like Jeff Conway says. Yeah. Is that his name? Jeff Conway? Jeff Conway, yeah. Conway. Mm-hmm. And then Fern is like the loser that just wants to be cool. Who's yeah. Rebecca Gayhart? 
She's like the least. She's just, <laughs> I think that's I, the she's end of it. kind she's of the vanilla. Least. <laughs> she's yeah. the least. I, is it weird that she was my favorite she's performance in the movie? She's also my least favorite. <laughs> she's your least favorite actress. Yeah. Well, at least I love actress that you said it at the exact actor. same time that I said it was my favorite Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I- I don't. But I, but I thought you were talking like globally <laughs> in the world. Least no, 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 no. Oh, that's. that's I a mean, lot. in this movie. In this movie, yeah. I don't think she I don't deserves... think I can name another urban legend. Urban yeah, legend, urban yeah. Legend. She's big in urban legend. She's very that's kind I, of it. She's Spo- an Oxymo woman. Alert. Remember the Noxima? Oh yes, of commercial. Sure. She was a spokeswoman. Not, not to be Mister uh, Correcty over here. <gasps> Noxima girl. Oh, Noxima girl. You... She was always called the Noxima girl. Oh. Um, well, yeah, same thing. Noxie well, woman is like a, you know, more progressive. Yeah, sure. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, thought she was, I thought she was legitimately good in this movie. I, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. She was in a different movie, but I, I thought her performance was, she was also surprisingly the, genuine. She was also killed yeah. in 90210. I mean, that should be put she out there. She was killed in 90210? Yeah, well, I think she came back. But she was like, she was like the, uh, the she was Luke Perry's girlfriend who was killed in a car explosion. Uh, seems appropriate. Wait, she was? Is that the one that where she, they thought his dad died? Or yeah, that? or thought her dad died, or I don't know. Whatever it is, she was around. I always thought one. I always thought she was very beautiful. She is very she is um I thought she was very beautiful. I think she has a very like like easy way about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised she didn't become a bigger star. I know why she didn't become a bigger star. I think, but I, I thought. I, I mean, that's one of the reasons. She's. She involuntarily manslaughtered a person. Oh, but um, oh uh, yes, she 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 vehicularly homicided a person. Wasn't it a, a child? Uh, uh, wasn't he getting off a school bus? I don't no. know the instance. Let's just, let's just make a more more <laughs> child. Sorry. I thought it was this could be like wasn't he holding a lollipop in a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> this could be from like driving school, but you know how they make a thing of like watch for the bus. Cause yeah, kid, yeah. I thought it was something like that, but I could be wrong. I, yeah, I don't know if that's the reason she didn't have a career. Cause I mean, didn't, I mean, not that we can go no, down a you. road of celebrities that have involuntarily murdered people, but didn't Matthew Broderick yeah, kill somebody did. as well? In like Germany, though, or something. And that was, and that was voluntary. <laughs> it was. That was, that was a Nazi World War II? That was, yes. Gastus But I do think that like slipped under the radar a little because it was not on uh, American soil. You're talking about Broderick. I'm yeah. talking about Broderick. I think Gayhart did too, kind of, to be honest. I think I found out about that like years yeah. after she yeah. did it. So I think like I actually don't really know what happened there because I, I think she's a I very really unique look. Do I don't think that. she is a very good actress. She, I mean, that's, not that's definitely probably the bigger problem. She's not great. The first time I saw her in a movie was in Scream Two. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, remember. she was one of the sorority girls. Her and Portia oh. DeRosie. Yeah, and I wish they were the murderers so badly in that movie. I was so disappointed when they weren't. I don't say that. Don't look at me like that. I was I, disappointed because the killer sorority girls is so much more interesting than what it turned out to be like Timothy Oliphant and Laura. I, I, I like it globally speaking. Yeah. I like it globally speaking in terms of that, yeah. that franchise. It kind of was underwhelming in the moment. No question. Yeah. And I like the Lori McCaff as one of the Scream, scream Killers. Like, yeah, that's no, ridiculous. That's I just bought Scream the other day because it, it's it's on sale on <laughs> iTunes. It doesn't matter. Point is, I started rewatching it. That movie's like fucking perfect. What is the sale price that that goes for? $7. That you're, Phil's like, gotta have it. Well, I would have bought it anyway, but okay. it was $7. Because okay. uh, I, I want, we've been talking about Scream a fair amount, it feels like. And it's, it's just it's so fucking great. Is Scream, Scream is such an influential movie. Yeah. You know, it's influential for a movie like this. Yes, movie, like for sure. Yes, almost yes, yes. Yeah. teen. Because it, it did yeah. not just jumpstart teen horror. It jumpstarted horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it jumpstarted teen movies. 
and like comedy horror and, and it, comedy horror and self-referential well, horror. Right. I was just going to say that the yeah. biggest thing was, I mean, Kevin Williamson became right. that, that brand of hyper literate, hyper articulate teens that were self-referential. Like I mean, yeah. Jesus, we're still seeing that. it's, yeah, it's almost underrated at this right. point, yeah. even though I think all people, most people like us do understand its influence, Yes, but scream directly. Yeah. Absolutely. Launched, launched an entire something, and something like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like Idle Hands, I do think that this came a few years too late. Um, what, Jawbreaker? Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. I think, you know, you, there was this scream That's effect that went to, I know you did last summer, obviously, right. but yeah. Urban Legend also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a and, bunch of other ones. Well, they, they died right here, right? So they died. Idle Hands did badly. This did badly. Teacher Mrs. Mm-hmm. Tingle did badly. Mm-hmm. Teacher Mrs. Um, Tingle, which is a 99 movie, which we're going to get is. to. We're going to do And that. the faculty, oh. I believe, is 2000, yeah. which actually kind of came back and is actually kind of an awesome movie. But, it kind of is an awesome movie. Yeah. I, like I the love faculty. the fa- I mean, I mean, Josh Harner, forget about it. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Josh he is, he is handsome in that movie. He is so handsome in the faculty. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's, All right. it's crazy. Okay. It's like not fair. He has. Do you remember his thing, though, <laughs> being like the messy hair? Yeah. yeah. That shit's not a good thing, but his like he does have this like really good looking face. He's actually I, aged well, too. Like I, he's you, aged He was okay. great on Penny Dreadful. Actually. I never watched Penny Dreadful. He was really good on it. I know. I think I would have liked it. Why wasn't that dude – why isn't that dude a – Marvel superhero right now like what happened I don't know well also because I watched the faculty somewhat recently mm-hmm. and I was like Josh Hardin's so uh, so like he's such a good actor like what happened and I was like no he's not he's not he's just very pretty yeah he doesn't have a lot of depth, but the reason that I brought up Penny Dreadful is that age has actually given him a little depth. bit of, you know what I mean? Like, like he's a just, Ricky Schroeder thing. Mm. A, a little bit, though. I mean, Mark he's, Paul Gosselin he's just gotten a little bit more age. He just feels a little weathered. He just feels like a guy. I don't know. There's something. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, there's a different shade to this guy. Because I agree, he never really popped because there just wasn't much going on. Like, Pearl Harbor was, I guess, supposed to be a big launching pad for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was supposed to, and it never really happened. And he's good in Black Hawk Down, but. He's sort that's of the, not, that, that's such that's a big not ensemble, him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's so anyway. I, I like Josh Hart. I actually really like him in Virgin Suicides. I think he's quite good in that movie. I don't remember that movie. Enough. It's a good movie. Nice guy in that movie. Um, really? Mm-hmm. It is Whoa! Movie. Yeah, guys. I know what a year, right? You it's should a, do a podcast. <laughs> Am I right? So Darren Stein brought this script to executives at Columbia TriStar, uh, who agreed to finance the film if he could either cast Natalie Portman, Kate Winslet, Whoa. or Rose McGowan, because those three actors. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy that that's the list. Uh, and he got Rose McGowan. So there you go. And then I guess uh, I mean, like, obviously, of those yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> and then Rachel Lee Cook was a uh, cast like as the Rebecca like Gayhart character. Steak, mm. lamb, or Pringles? Yeah, Pringles. And, <laughs> yeah, just, Pringles. They're basically everywhere. Yes. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook was cast as Re- Rebecca Gayhart's character, mm. and she fell through because par- they didn't think that she had the right chemistry with the other actress, which I sort of understand. I, I understand she that. She looks too similar to Rose McGowan, I think. She looks similar to Rose McGowan, and I also, I don't know, it just, I, I bought Rebecca Gayhart as like, the bitch up top and the turn, right. whereas I would only buy the turn with Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. There wasn't a but. moment in the movie where Rebecca Gayhart was a bitch. She walked down the uh, hall. The beginning a little. The beginning. She walked She's down the hall. She's good at doing both, I do think. There was enough yeah. of a little bit of that that I would have bought it on both sides. Okay. But uh, and then obviously Marilyn Manson, as we mentioned, was in uh. the film because he was engaged to Rose McGowan at yeah, the time. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Yeah, that that cameo like, didn't bother McGowan me at all. Rose McGowan was so cool. He's so gross. I find him so gross. But I actually don't hate his music. I just find him gross. Yeah. 
Uh, Rosemary was nominated for an MTV Movie Award nice. for Best Villain, obviously. Yeah. She lost. Did you guys? Who did she lose to? Uh, she lost to, oh, fuck, I had this. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. You keep talking. I'll, I'll <laughs> so you didn't, did you enjoy her character at all? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so why not? I, well, I, I, I just feel like, I almost feel like we should talk a little bit before we watch these movies. Because if we had she talked lost to, to uh, Stephen Dorff in Blade, of course, Blade's a nineteen ninety nine. Oh, the no, MTV Movie MTV Awards, Awards do it a little different. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 anyway, sorry. Um, they like do March to March or something. Stephen Dorff was fine in Blade, but well, Rose McGowan was actually was, better. Would have been so great to do Blade on this podcast. That's true. That's true. Um, we have no I would superhero have, movies, Mystery Men. I would have liked. <laughs> That's the only one. I would have liked to have known what to look for and how to oh, and see, almost yeah. how to watch this movie, right? Because yeah. now, now I'm talking to you, and I feel like maybe you would have pointed me in the, the right direction on how to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Rose McGowan, McGowan's character, all I could think of, this movie thinks she's a lot more clever than she is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, like her lines don't pop to me. Her line readings don't pop to me. I was just going to say, the me. line readings are rough at times. Yeah. It's like she, it almost feels like she's reading them off cue cards off camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the moments didn't pop to me. But talking to you, that just feels like that wasn't, Quite as important as it was in the way, yeah. the, like in Heather's, that's the movie. Yeah. Right. Right. In right. Mean Girls, that's the movie. Yeah. You know, or that's uh, it's a big part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clueless, that's a big part of the movie. Like how smart, sharp those lines were. But there's, you know, there seems to be something a little deeper going on here that I I, I, mm. I missed more or less. Yeah. Because I sensed it. Oh. I don't think I completely tapped into it. I, I, I think. What did than, you sense? Well, because I. I knew that at the time, because I, as I've said before, I worked in a bunch of video stores when I was in film school, and and a lot of girls and women that I worked with at these video stores loved a lot this of Noxima movie. girls and a lot Noxima of Noxima women. women, a lot of Noxima people, <laughs> Noxima and, people, yes, and they there were just a lot of people that really loved this movie, and I knew that there was a thing, I just couldn't really get it. So when I sat down to watch this, I thought to myself, okay, well, let's see if I can figure out what the, and, and I didn't, I couldn't because the movie is sort of daring you to like it in mm-hmm. its own weird way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So it just keeps pushing you away that it just, it's very hard to sort of see the underlying themes or what it's mm-hmm. trying to say mm-hmm. um, with all of this like kind of artifice and noise that's going yes. on in it. So it doesn't bother to explain it really. I do agree with that. Like it's not, you either understand it or you don't, yeah. and there is no leading you through it. Yeah. So, but again, I, I appreciate the film and with a lot of the, the research that I did, I can see that, I mean, one of the things that I was reading about here is that, uh, obviously it found success through home video release and subsequent television airings. It developed a cult following vice magazine called the film, a teen classic when it published a retrospective in 2016 entitled perverting the youth of America, the oral history of teen classic jawbreaker mm-hmm. uh, days magazine published a similar feature, crediting the film with inspiring 2004's mean girls praising its dark tones and performances. Like there's a, a lot here that I think, you know, you can miss just based on the fact that the film is thumbing you in the eye basically the entire time. Yeah. You guys want to talk about the the plot? (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Yes. Uh, So the movie opens with the fabulous four. Ah, no, the Uh, flawless four. Flawless. Oh my God. Flawless. four. Did you watch the movie? (laughs) I did. I just didn't. I didn't ask that of you. (laughs) 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 What were we watching? Oh, the Bone Collector. uh, Slot assassin Danielle Savory. Did you watch them three times? She's like, when did you watch this? Yeah, (laughs) yesterday. The flawless four. Flawless four. Walking down the hall. Judy Greer's voiceover. Mm -hmm. 
this is so weird. Sorry. McGowan was nominated for MTV Movie Award for Best Villain, but lost to Steven Dorff, but also lost to Matt Dillon, it says? It, yeah, there was two, two Best Villains. He, Matt Dillon in oh, uh, something, about Mary. something About Crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I wish. He was the most villain. Wasn't everyone? I thought Tony Danza was the biggest villain in Crash. Tony Danza's in Crash? What yeah. movie are we talking about? What? What, what did he do in Crash? Tony Danza? Tony Danza played... Um, uh, Terrence Howard's boss Whoa. and like made like weird racist comments about him and his wife in that movie. Jesus. That's a bad role for Tony. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad role for anyone. Anyone. But Matt, Matt Dillon in that movie um, <laughs> has one of, we're talking about there's something about Mary well, or let's, crash. Let's talk about crash for a second. We, okay, we, sure. It's never uh, come up. Uh, on this uh, it hasn't come up yet. Um, it's Heather's was, favorite what movie. Is, it's honestly probably my least favorite movie of all time. <laughs> with, with with all due respect, with all with no respect, no respect, with all due respect to you, Heather. Yeah, it is objectively the worst movie that's ever been made. It's, it's definitely up there. Objectively, it's yeah. the worst movie. I ever agree, made but I don't think it's the most fun choice for worst movie ever because it's objectively the worst movie. It's so Matt Dillon's arc is the is the main reason to me. It's the worst movie ever made. <sighs> Um, There's so many arcs that are bad. There's about so that. yeah, like the Michael the Michael Pena arc is so bad <laughs> and 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 infuriating. But at least in the end of the day, yeah. like it just hinges on an awful Deus Ex Machina. Whereas the Matt Dillon arc is offensive. Jet genuinely <laughs> wants you to side with a rapist it's racist. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. They, they give the biggest yeah. hero moment and there's, there's, there, there's no attempt <laughs> to, uh, to, no. to subvert so a nope. trope. It no. just wants you to ma- make you feel like Matt Dillon, <laughs> despite all of his rapist, racist, nodding. beat, you know, it's crazy. It's abusive. It's cop- absolutely. It's insane. a crazy movie. It's. I mean, Sandra Bullock and uh, Brendan Fraser are also oh terrible in that movie. San- yeah. Sandra, Bull- Sandra Bullock like falls down the stairs. She breaks my. It breaks my heart that she <laughs> oh, had the, that she had to deliver the line she had to deliver. It's truly, it's there's, a terrible. There's so movie. many actors I love in that movie. I mean, I think it's I think it's safe to say within our generation, it's the worst Best Picture winner, the one that everyone oh. just goes and like says how did how did it get the nominated? worst of all time? How did it win? I mean, I don't know. I think there's, there might be some like worse. what? I don't know. I, know I mean, there there can't be because it's I don't objectively know that there the worst is. movie ever sorry, made. It's sorry, a feel good it is movie worse, it is, about racism. Sorry. It is it's worse crazy. than every Razzie winner ever made. It's, it's crazy. A, it's so bad because of how offensive it is and what it. It's because oh, yeah. it's not just executed poorly. It's what it says is bad. Like what <laughs> oh, it's, it's putting out. Is brutal. In the, oh, it's horrible. It's brutal. No, it's 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 everyone's a little bit racist. The yeah. movie. Yeah. Right. Without any no aware and 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 a little bit of like and that's okay, guys. It's okay to be a little there bit is racist. A, there is that, actually. That's like okay. You're yeah. like, no, no, no. It's really not. You're not allowed to be at all racist. Well, that's why I won, right? So yes. That's, that's why I won, because I think a lot of people, a lot of people are like. A lot of people patted themselves oh, on the back instead of not giving so bad. Brokeback yeah. Mountain best which is, picture, which was actually the best. Easily Objectively, the best. one of the best yeah. movies ever made. Yes. Yeah. Um, truly, it's really. All right, so here's here's my, my, big, my okay. big final question for, okay. that, for that movie. Okay. What is a worse reflection on America? Crash winning Best Picture oh, or Donald Jesus. Trump winning the election? Because oh they are God. very similar to me. <laughs> we're really going to do this? Well, they're I very, mean, they're very similar to me. They both made racists feel okay about themselves. I think one happened because of the other. Wow, that's There's, a that's a conspiracy theory. Well, I don't I mean one like informs the other. This I, is meaning like do, if this is true, then the this other. is also true. 
I mean, I think crash winning is more indicative of just sort of a, a broken academy system, whereas I don't know that Donald Trump winning, although he is indicative of a broken electoral system. It's, so, all, broken. I mean, it's all broken. I think if – I think, Heather, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. If crash can happen – Right. And this is so stupid. I'm going to sound like such a moron, but I really believe this. If crash can happen, like anything can happen, like this horrible, horrible movie that that, that espouses all the worst things – that people can feel and all the things you don't want movies to say mm-hmm. can fool enough people into winning best picture right. against an extremely progressive movie. Yes. Like I don't think Hillary Clinton's the most progressive nominee, but she was a very progressive candidate for this country. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that Brokeback Mountain is to Hillary Clinton yes. as Crash is to Donald Trump? I just want to yeah, make sure yeah. that, okay. I think Brokeback Mountain art. So like Obama, Hillary doesn't really matter. They would have been, each one of them are the uh-huh. first of their uh-huh. quote unquote kind. Brokeback Mountain would have been the most progressive movie ever made, ever, that ever, ever won to- Best Picture. Yes. It would yes. have been eventually eclipsed sure. by Moonlight. Right. Yes. But um, Moonlight may never have won. God knows what would have happened. But Moonlight also wins, I think, because Donald Trump is elected. In part, maybe. Right. I think I think a lot of people were like, we, we were going to give it to La La Land, we, we got to write this shit, and we got to fucking shit. pick something that's going to say something. Yeah. That's my guess. Best thing that ever happened to La La Land. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think, I think. I love that movie I, now. I, I would have really is, had this. Is a fine you loved movie. La La Land? I did not love it. Oh, but you but love I had it this now? Pit, I had this pit in my stomach about it being, beat, about the idea of it beating Moonlight, right? Uh, I had this pit in my stomach about the idea that, that, that La La Land would be the movie that was held up. Over this, right. but your daughter's also made you watch La La Land how many times now? So it's like a twenty times, and every time I love <laughs> so. it, every time I watch it, I love it a little more because I, I because liked it, it fine when it came out. I, I enjoyed just, it; it's a nice yeah. movie. I just don't think it should have won Best Picture, and it's, we're all better off for it. Jawbreaker, yes. had it. We got we gotta get back. I'm so bring us back. I'd l- listen. Uh, I'd so love here's to talk here, about it. Okay. How did it do with the Razzies? Was it nominated? Well, I don't think it was nominated for any Razzies. Uh, let's talk about the kidnapping for a second, shall okay. we? The opening of this film. Yeah. Uh, now, listen, I didn't know that a bre- that breakfast kidnappings or that girlfriends will kidnap each other yeah. to some extent. That sounds fun. It's very fun. This is fucking madness. They wear crazy masks that look like they're about to rob a bank. Yeah. And they shove a jawbreaker in her mouth and they kill her. So it's a little different than the like, let's take her in her PJs to, I don't know, wherever to have breakfast. That's not what happens here. No, but it's also like, that's, that's a. Like those masks are fucking freaky. Yeah, but it's also like you're fucking with your friends. No, I'm not saying that I've, (laughs) I've put on masks and kidnapped my friend and shove like a thing in her throat. But like. What like it's but you you know you fuck like with your friends yeah. you fuck around with your friends. Let me pose a question. Okay. <laughs> I think a lot of my problems with this premise and therefore the movie mm-hmm. is the actual jawbreaker. Shoving a jawbreaker in someone's <laughs> down someone's throat is the titular, so the titular, the titular jawbreaker <laughs> is so. Fucking crazy. It is crazy. But let me tell you why it doesn't matter for me. And I assume everyone watches this movie this way, but maybe they don't. Like when I saw that happen and the whole experience of watching it, I'm like, Rose McGowan did that because she was also jealous of her. And if she died, it wouldn't like it's almost like she doesn't care. That was my question. So my my question was she hated her. This movie only actually works if Rose McGowan did it on purpose. Well, yeah, or just didn't care. 
Well, I, but to Kenny's point, I wish we knew that she did it on fucking purpose. But like, the, I feel the, the like cherry on the end of yes, this movie that, should have been I did it the that, whole fucking that time. Is my, that is my that is my point. Don't, and I don't know I don't why. Think I don't know why that, that because it's like she, it's the kind of thing where either way it'll be like I don't think she like. I don't think she cares enough to murder her friend, but if her friend like dies, like she's a bit of a nihilist. Like she doesn't really care. Like she doesn't well, care about I, anyone sure. or anything. I, I think so, that's true. Sure. I guess what I'm saying is like, all right, so so imagine another version of this movie where they um they don't know that she's asthmatic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she ha- and she has a she gets, you know, she she has an a, a panic mm-hmm. attack in the trunk and mm-hmm. dies because she's asthmatic and right. it truly can't possibly be anybody's fault. And Rose McGowan feels the same way she feels throughout the movie. Then that's the that that's that's that that's scratching that sociopath itch. Sure. It but with this jawbreaker, you have to be crazy not but to realize death is a possibility. Right. I think she thinks it is. I also I think if the friend dies because they have an as- asthma attack in the trunk, it's a totally different movie. Well, it's Heather's ish. Well, but because everyone would have acted differently. Because then you've said this, like Rose McGowan, like their her initial reaction is like she's not that phased by it and i think she's not that phased because she is like a sick like vicious person right who basically didn't care if her friend did this reckless thing like maybe the friend dies maybe she doesn't and i, guess, I don't yeah. like if you accidentally kill your friend then you'd be like oh my god and that elicits a whole but this is like someone it's like a serial killer who like kills a dog and is trying it out type of thing to me. Like that's what I felt like I'm watching. I think there's a, a world honestly where you could have kind of had your cake and eat it too with this, which is, you know what I mean? Where yeah. she dies and Rose McGowan executes this plan, right? That seems as though it is completely, you know, off the cuff. That's how and I would figured it out. And then at the end of the movie, you leave it on a question mark as to whether or not she did it. She pre- premeditated the whole thing or not. And I think what it gets you is just because it, it feels she's she's way too chill about the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just Rose McGowan's just sort of like fine with it, which again speaks to your nihilism and and all of that stuff, which I think is fine. But I think there's a way of kind of but beyond there's the nihilism, place. but there's also like it's not caring. Like I don't know. To me, it's, I didn't, I would have liked it less if I thought Mm. the whole thing was a plan. Like, that would be too neat to me. Okay, fair enough. There's just something. It's still weirdly neat, though, you have to admit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, like, that's, it's really just, like, how do you want your neatness? It it would, I mean, just as a, uh, just just, just as a, like, a fan of, like, story tricks and a fan of, like, you know, kind of weird resolutions, Mm -hmm. I would have loved that. I would have loved that there was some version of, you know, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A, a, a story she had heard, you took a jawbreaker down someone's yeah. neck, 30 seconds, they can't live. Right? Just anything, yeah. any, any like little simple thing where I knew at the end of the movie, Rose McGowan had successfully had agency in some way. Yes. But I think what I like about her is that there is not a plan to it in a like, mm-hmm. or it's like, it's a weird to me, also a reflection of being a teenager. Like as a teenager, it's not American psycho in that like, there is not a rhyme and reason to it. It's like, she, she's a kid who only cares about winning and being in power and is used to things going her way. Mm-hmm. And is used to using the things in society to manipulate them to like knows the tools she has in her toolkit. And so I liked watching her kind of like surf this most fucked up wave of all time, assuming it would be fine no matter what. Mm-hmm. And not having that much of a, a like it's almost worse. It's almost like there's even less of a or even more of a disregard for life because it wasn't a plan. And because she is just a teenager and it's like, ah. She's a monster either way. And she I think is. that I think that to, to your point, I think there is something to how callous and sort of her just general kind of off the cuff like I guess caring about anything. That I is would, interesting. I would not have believed it if it was a plan. It's certainly here's what I will it say. It didn't have it, to be it didn't have to be a plan, but I would have gone hard one way mm-hmm. or hard the other way. Like Hard with the plan or hard with the accident. I know. Um, and I actually personally think the accident is l- like a less cool choice because no matter what, she has to cover her ass to not go to jail. Yeah. So like, yeah, she might be a sociopath, but like we've seen so many decent people kill mm-hmm. people by accident in movies. Right. And, you know, like uh Strangers on a Train, which yeah. isn't really accident, but like- um, a perfect murder. Just these like decent people who've had to kill people in movies and then had to co- cover it up. Mm-hmm. And you at least can understand why someone would do that. But I think it's more, I think it's more intentional than it is an accident. I, I, I would agree as well. I mean, I, when I look at this film now through sort of the lens that we're talking about, her character does seem a lot more, has a lot more agency than as I was watching it. I think she, I think it's more intentional too. So, But I wonder yeah. if... We are projecting that projecting onto it. that onto it. It might be. I think I, I do. I think over the course of this, like the conversation, I feel like that's what we want the movie to be, and I don't think that's. But I also would say too that by the actual movie, I think the director seems pretty open to that too. From in terms yeah. of what I've read online, it seems as though he wanted it to be sort of open to interpretation. But it's also like there's a line I think when they're in the tr- when they see it in the trunk and she's like, "You put a jawbreaker in her mouth? Like what's ro-? like? Yeah. There's an awareness that this is not like normal, a good plan. Yeah. Like that's the last line before the trunk closes and the movie starts. And right? Farouk assaults so. uh, volcano girls. Yeah. Kicks in. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. It's a great song. No, it's like you put a jawbreaker in her mouth and then jawbreaker. Right. <laughs> it's a little on the nose. <laughs> But then there's that title sequence where they're spraying yeah. like the red blood yeah. on a jawbreaker, and that's a lot of fun. Maybe she did mean to do it. I think she did. Yeah, I think she did. You too. put a jawbreaker in her mouth. Maybe she did mean to do it. All right, let's keep on. Uh, okay, so we get uh, Veruca Salt's Volcano Girls. Uh, I then wrote, "What the fuck is with the sound effects on the wipe effects? What is that all about?" 
every time it's oh, like yeah. a whoop, 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 um, the sweep. It's like I don't get a lot of the aesthetic choices I didn't understand. There were a couple sound choices I didn't get. That <laughs> yeah. was one of them. And then the guy, you know, the guy with when he did the tongue thing. Yeah. That was unfortunate. Yeah. There's a lot of was unfortunate. That, yeah. yeah. Crazy. It was like, it was like cartoonish. Yes. yes. To it be was, fair, I think that happens more than once in this. It was movie. like Roadrunner it's starting awesome. to run. It's right. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the fashion in this movie, Heather? I mean, I think it's funny and of the time. Yes. It's like reminds me of kind of a trashier clueless. Yeah, the colors are insane. It's ridiculous. No, I think part that's, of it is that's necessary. For sure. Like yeah. the movie is about a candy killing something. Well, I was gonna you say, like, to, it looks like the flecks of like color this. inside a jawbreaker. So like I get yeah. but it's still it, they look the, the <laughs> colors are so insane. The neons and That's a cool thing about the movie. That's why yeah. that's one of the reasons I think this movie is as held up and held yeah. up as much as it has. It looks like it sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Courtney pretends to be Liz's mom and calls the principal about Liz's absence. And then Courtney, Julie, and Marcy all head to school to try and pretend that nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't completely understand the phone call thing. It was to say that Liz is sick right. so that the principal wouldn't worry that she wasn't at school. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's why, see, <laughs> okay. I'll just say why I love it is because it's a bad, they're dumb girls. Yeah, this is a really bad like they, this is a, It's is a horrible, garbage. yeah. And that I can't really defend. <laughs> but I like, I like that they're not... Like that, they're not good at covering up a murder. That's they true. shouldn't be. That's true. Yeah, they're a bunch of dumb girls. They're a bunch of dumb girls. Uh, Judy Greer That's is great. perfect. She's she's really well cast. Oh, Judy Greer, I agree. She's I think really she's well, cast. Very well cast. I would actually say she's better as Fern, Fern than she is as Violet. 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 Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I just feel like I don't know. Vern seems to Fern seems to speak more to her comedic sensibilities. Yes. I when I was a kid, I feel bad for admitting this, but when I saw it, I was like, she's not pretty enough to like actual like I was like, oh, she doesn't make a good mean girl because she's still not attractive. Right. And as a woman watching this movie, I was like, she's very pretty. She's all but she's That's also, my personal when they, art. When they do turn her into Violet. Yes. Uh she looks considerably older than I know. It was like the, the height and the whole. I was just like, I'm going to say, <laughs> as a man, <laughs> please. Oh no! At the expense. I mean, at the at the um. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. You know what I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> detriment. Detriment. Detriment mm-hmm. of the of the male no, no, gender. Well, it, I felt the same way. Okay. <laughs> I felt the same way, Heather. That she's not well, attractive. Well, you enough? felt no. the same way as 13 year old. Both times. Both times. <laughs> Both uh-huh. times. Both times you, you saw it in 99? Yes, I oh, saw it in 99 and I, and I had the same feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's clearly right. dolled up Fern Mayo. Right. And now knowing, may, maybe it's knowing that what Judy Greer really looks like and I happen to find her very attractive in real yes. life. And also attractive in a, I don't know, in a, in a, in a I, I appreciate her maybe as a person. Like kind of way. Yeah. I think part of it too is like, like I know how brilliant she is. She yeah. does look. I agree with you. She does look much older. And when you're a kid watching it, you're like, Yeah, this no, doesn't fly. This is not. This and not, not older okay in the in sense of like old. Just no. m- more mature than them. I guess is right. the best better way of putting it. Because when she's walking down the hall with, first of all, she towers over them. So there's just like this. I don't know. There's just a, a, a visual discrepancy right. that just doesn't, I, doesn't work. When I was younger, I, I did have that same issue. I did. Yeah. It wasn't a big issue, but I had that same feeling that like you have these three sex pots, more or less, mm-hmm. and you have Fern May, who I just saw be Fern May, who just even when she's dolled up doesn't look like these other girls. Mm-hmm. Now I, it, you know, whenever I was when I was younger, I remember watching The Graduate and thinking Elaine Ross 
was mm-hmm. like the most beautiful girl in the world. Mm-hmm. And now you grow up and you watch The Graduate and you yeah. think Anne Bancroft is the most beautiful thing in the world. That's, I don't know if you feel like that. I'm not sure that I would agree with that. I, I well, maybe not the most beautiful thing in the world, but I get. I think they're both very I attractive. Get, I get the Mrs. Robinson thing mm-hmm. now yes, in a I, way yes, that yes, I yes, never yes, got yes, it when I was a I, kid. That when I, I was a kid, I'm like, how could you be with her yeah, when right. you could be with her? Yeah. And now right. I'm like, oh, I see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So That's growth. I, so I, I think there is I think there's an element to the Judy Greer thing yes. there. But what yeah. I will say that I also appreciate with it is that most of the times in those movies, what they do is they put the super hot girl in glasses and yeah. you're like, oh, come yeah. on, she's a nerd. So I did appreciate that they yes. went the other direction because you rarely see that. You know right. what I mean? I get it. <laughs> you're with that me. Was, yeah, you go. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go much further with that, but so I get it. I would. Say, I, I wrote down at this point. This movie has already had three music videos and it's only ten minutes yes. in. It really is just a series of music videos strung mm-hmm. together with the thinnest of narrative. Uh, anyway, and not to jump ahead, but I really appreciate the inclusion of the Donnas too. Yeah, the Donnas. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. the Donnas were awesome. They the Donnas great. were great. Yes. Uh, Carol Kane was a little weird in this. She's when? It, when is she not weird? She no, I agree. With, That's I, her thing. I, no, I know. I love Carol Kane. I just in this, I didn't really know. I didn't. I don't really get it. I, I liked her because she reminded me of like old Fern. Like they had <laughs> like a cool. That's a great whenever they talked. I was like, whoa, this is like. They're I like, actually really like that. Have you guys seen One of Stranger Calls? No. The the movie that no. that they reference there yeah. in it. No. You can well, really. It's like a long movie that sucks. But the first, great, big, great. can't wait to see it. But she's only well. You don't need to watch the whole movie. Okay. The first fifteen minutes of the movie that she's actually in, yeah, are amazing. So should I just watch the first fifteen minutes? You can get it on YouTube. Great. It's okay. it's the it's where the phrase "the call is coming from inside of the house" comes oh, from. It is so cool. Good. She is so good in it. Um, there's something about her, her eyes, obviously, that no one else has yeah. that can mm-hmm. convey. You know, kind of this, this, and her basically translucent skin. Yeah, <laughs> she's and she's so obviously so. She's got crazy voice. Yeah, crazy she's great. voice. She's great. Love her. I agree. Uh, she's got a weird cast voice. in this movie, but Michelle Williams. I just went to see I Feel Pretty yesterday. The, Michelle Williams is in I Feel Pretty, and she's amazing in it. She play, She. It's the first comedy. Do you like Dick, that movie? I think. No, I, I thought the movie. Was, we can talk about the movie in, mm, at another time. Doesn't want to. I had issues with the movie, um, but Michelle Williams is fucking great in it. She's in a completely different movie. She's doing this crazy, weird, like almost Marilyn Monroe voice through the mm. entire thing, and it's great. Uh, she has some history with the Marilyn Monroe. I know voice. she does. Um, an Academy Award nomination, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Uh, but I think it's the first comedy she's done since Dick, yeah, which we, we covered. I, think, oh, I love Dick. Dick is fucking great, I love and Dick. she's great in it. And I would love to see Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams do more comedies because they're both really funny. Has in that anyone movie. done Drop Dead Gorgeous? Not yet, guys. Yeah, I know. Also, also great. Kristen we'll Dunst. see you back. Yeah. No, we, no, no, you don't do I mean, it. Yeah, Heather, you, can, you can come back whenever you, you want. Oh, great! The door is open. Thank Maybe guys. let's see how the rest of this goes. Uh, let's continue. Rebecca Gayhart um, is grappling with the guilt of Liz's death at this point. We're mm-hmm. starting to feel that she's, as Kenny mentioned she's earlier, wavering. she's wavering and she doesn't really know how to. And it's actually kind of funny how she's dealing with it. And I say that in the sense that like, she's doing some actually pretty funny facial expressions as she grapples with this, which I was surprised she had the, you know, anyway, uh, the range. maybe, uh, her, so the girls, her eyes are bigger than any other humans. They're eyes. gigantic. Uh, her and like Zoe Deschanel and Emma Stone, I feel like are all just like giant eyes. But she's creatures. like the biggest of them. She all. does yeah. have giant eyes. Uh, so the girls now try to make it look like Liz was raped and killed, which is hilarious. <laughs> I don't it's really. So crazy. It's fucking nuts. It's the best part of the movie. 
It is. I mean, I mean it's nuts. It's the best part it's of the movie. Great. It's the cool. It's the biggest it's the swing. swing. It's the biggest swing. I it's agree with biggest that. the biggest swing. It's, it's, for sure, for it's sure. It's Rose McGowan's character's like 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 it, it's it's character defining. Yes, um, I respect her character for doing all the things she did and going sure. that far with it. She went. They they yeah. go for it. And this sequence, by the way, when the body is found mm-hmm. by the cops, is maybe the most visually arresting portion of the film, in my opinion, in terms of that it actually. It was cool, and it wasn't just, like, cool for the sake of being cool, which is, like, all the camera lights mm-hmm. of, of them taking the pictures of the body mm-hmm. and sort of the – the they were doing some interesting processing. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, I like the shot when they carry out her body. Yes. And it's just the legs, the reflection. Yeah. That's very also, cool. Also a cool shot. Mm-hmm. That's an artiste. There's some cool shot. I mean, there was someone with vision behind this camera. I would absolutely 100% say that. Amy Vincent is her name. The oh, yeah. DP? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's cool. A female uh, yeah. director of photography, 1999, which I think was relatively rare, unfortunately. Hal, it's rare in 2018, unfortunately. But uh, so the the birthday card is found in the bedroom. I don't understand. <laughs> Do you understand how the birthday card recorded? No. I The oh, confession? Oh, I mean, I know no. how it happens. It's like a, it's pretty coincidental, but it's like. <laughs> Pretty? You know. I mean, yes, of course. <laughs> okay, of course. Right, okay. Where she's holding it and she's like, I did it. I killed the teen dream. Deal with it. That? Yes. But, but you see she, that happen. She's holding the card when she says, when she that. says that. But yeah. she's she's holding the record button? Accidentally, Presumably. I guess that's the case. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it is a whatever, but it is. When, when the reveal happens later in the film and she opens the card, I did say, like, that's a cool way to to, to wrap this up. Um, you got to wrap head, it up somehow. But my head was sort of like, wait, was she pressing the – it does make you kind of – your head hurt a little bit as to how it actually was recorded, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I like I mean whatever in that like, fine. Like, yeah. like the, the <laughs> That's con- how I feel about it too. I'm like, like the conceit okay. of the birthday card is such a good one. Yes. That – You're willing to, to – Just, flip, yeah, yeah. Like – To that, bend for he, it. Like he's already – he's already gone far enough with finding this like in-world recording mechanism that's not, you know – I've decided to I, I've decided to strap a tape recorder to yeah. my chest. Yeah. So like I think, analyze yeah. this, for instance. Like like so many movies. <laughs> right. I think I it's happened more in movies Michael than in Clayton. real life. That's one of my beefs with Michael Clayton. Yeah. Is the end of that where oh, he records? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. I, I mean, so I know, it's obviously not. It's obviously not a nineteen nine movie. Nineteen ninety nine movie. No. I desperately need someone to come on this podcast and defend that movie. <laughs> Michael Clayton. Yeah. Yes. When was that made? 2005, so, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there are people who think it is one of the greatest movies people love ever that movie. made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does, it, it does like uh, hang on this secret recording, which is infuriating. <laughs> it hangs on two ridiculous things. It hangs on him getting out of the car to look at the horses. So yes. he doesn't die, die in the explosion bomb, at the beginning. Yeah. And, and Tony Gilroy has even said in interviews, people have asked, like, what is the, you know, what's the imagery behind the horse? And he's like, I just had to get him out of the car. It's like, <laughs> wow, Tony, there's got to be a better way to do oh, that. Than no. And that's kind of. It's 2007. That's, so anyway. that's kind of what I sensed, that they yeah. just, that, 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 it, that, there wasn't, the there, that there wasn't a there there. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, you just, you just confirmed yeah. it. There's no there there. I got to get him out of the car to look at horses. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I truly, right, that's, anyway, that's I one mean, of those movies that I don't. Get yeah. Tony on here. That, Tony Gilroy will come on now. So, so I guess when I said like that's not the most interesting answer for worst movie ever. <laughs> crash. Oh, like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, I know what you Michael mean. Clayton's a way more interesting answer. Yeah, because it's just like you know have at the system. Right, There's right, a, right. I, I'm. I love that Michael Clayton has become what we're talking about right now. But I will say this about Michael Clayton: 
it looks fucking great. It's shot incredibly well by 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 Roger Elswit, I believe. I don't know that, but uh, I don't know Robert Elswit is who shot it. Sorry, uh, and Tom Wilkinson is fucking great in that movie. Like, there's a lot of great stuff in that movie. And Tilda Swinton, who won an Academy Award for it, yeah. she's quite good in it. It's just that. To your point, the mechanics of it, there right. are two plot movements, story movements that are frustratingly not great that the rest of it. I'll, I'll give it credit for one, one and a half things. For a contemporary movie, for, for yeah. a contemporary movie, it has an epic feel. Yes. Which is very hard to do. And it works with the score in a way that not a lot of movies But I think that speaks do. to the visuals as I, well. Like yeah. it has a very – it has scope. It yes. is – so anyway. if, if, Michael Clayton, I, I guys. I think it feels greater than it is. <laughs> Pretty good movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. You uh, tell us. So Courtney <laughs> – phones are open. Uh, Courtney – At PM is go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Dot click. <laughs> dot com. You motherfucker. <laughs> How to do it. Um, so Fern brings Liz's homework to the house mm-hmm. while they're trying to make her death look like a rape mm-hmm. murder. Um, and they and Courtney convinces her that she'll make her popular as long as she doesn't tell anyone that they killed Liz. It's a pretty pretty big conceit, but we'll just we'll just say that yeah. Fern wants it badly enough that that's. A trade she's willing they to do because here's how they. I think it's kind of brilliant because how they set it up is like Fern's obsessed with this girl. Yes, and she poses it as like she's dead. Do you want to replace her? And it's like you've set up that all she wants to do is be this girl, and no, in kind of a also heightened psychotically hinged way. Like Fern has a weird obsession with her. Like it's yeah, she calls too it much. Cash me out. I know she's like, but she doesn't <laughs> seem like normal. It's kind of like how Journey. Replaced Stephen Perry with a guy who was in a mm. Journey cover band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar. So it tracked for me. <laughs> a, journey, was, a Journey tribute band, a Filipino will, Journey tribute band. I will agree with you that because of the nature of this movie, you're willing to make the buy. Like it's it's obviously set some rules for itself, and you're either along for the ride or you're not. If you are, yes. you're going to buy this. If you're not, then it's just another brick that's correct. Fern's makeover is fucking insane. It's so crazy. It's so weird. It is weird. That weird montage thing? It's sort of like, and I think it's an homage to Greece. Oh, I thought it was an homage to like a Frankenstein thing. Well, I think it's it's a mixture of those. It It could be two things. It seemed like a horror monstrous thing of like, this is like, almost like the science and like the grossness of like making... Like I, it, I, that's part of it, but Beauty School Dropout feels a little bit like this too. Those are hmm. those are two really interesting things to marry together. I think mm-hmm. I think I that, think, I think that, it was probably both those things, yeah. and I think that's a really interesting. But idea. I mean, it's it's nuts. It's nuts, and it, it's this movie most of the time looks fine. This sequence, you really feel the three point five million dollar budget. Uh, oh, I want to make yeah. one more point about the, um, yeah. the 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 trade Fern is willing to make. Uh huh. Um. I think this movie doesn't do the legwork of the benefits of being in this group. I I, th- I think it relies on our understanding of yes. high school politics yes. and what we've seen in other movies mm-hmm. to understand what the benefits of being in the cool clique are. Yeah. But um, – but – No, that's the right pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I think- but but it, would have, it would have been – Really, I was just waiting for your reaction. I'm like, huh, guys? But it, it, I, I think it would have been beneficial to show us 
Mm-hmm. just how great it is to be in this group, which I don't think I it agree. did. Outside of like you I walk agree. down the hall and everyone cowers, mm-hmm. but like what are the real perks? Perks. Well, it yeah. seems like they control everything. Like, because when as you're watching the movie, it's they're the, like they're the Illuminati, basically. Well, yeah. But to a hilarious extent, they're like, you're starved the play and the head cheerleader. <laughs> like, how did that happen? <laughs> like, it seems like yeah, yeah. they really pulled some strings. Yeah, really that, that's true. You got there after though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh yes. I think and 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 Zach, I think is his name, the guy that uh, that Rebecca that Julie is oh, with. Oh yeah, what a cutie, right? What happened to him? Sure. Uh, he shows up really late into the movie. I know. Though. I mean, there's very little, yeah. very few male characters in this movie. Period. Which again, I'm fine with. Yeah. But it also just sort of creates this this. I, I think a love story we're supposed to buy into what between a, Zach and what a whiff of a character. Not even a whiff. <laughs> in, in, no, I mean just a just a swing and a miss. Yeah, because just- <laughs> In Heather's, that's Christian Slater. Yeah, I know. And that's like one of the most iconic performances. You could have done well, anything with you could have done anything but with Christian that character. Slater is like a whole different guy. And he's also, like crazy. I'm not asking for he is I'm not asking for Christian totally Slater insane. or that kind of character. I mean he's, he's basically a terrorist. Right. I'm just saying that <laughs> I'm just saying that you could have gone anywhere with that character in this uh, kind of movie. Yeah. And you went like like the straightest, and I don't mean that as a pun, but also like the straightest drama nerd. Right. That isn't yeah. even a drama nerd. Yeah. That's yeah, just, yeah. and he, did you guys no, notice no this? You notice his goatee? Yep. No. Oh, yeah. I did He's got not. some gross facial oh, hair. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Not, too bad. I, I know. Just I think melting into his eyes. Yeah. Uh, movie well, just maybe. went from a 99 to a 98. I would yeah, have. This yeah. movie, this movie might have fallen a, a whole yeah, number. Yeah, this is not a movie that you watch for the male character. The facial No. Hair. No. I don't even know who the guy was in the popsicle scene. I I've never, even, I've never, all I could think of it during that sex scene, which I think of now sometimes as I'm older to him, like, God, that is not a high school. Per- like, no. that's a 35 year old man. That's a, that's nothing a man. young about and it, him. And yeah. Good. It would have been really awkward if it was actually a 17 year old. Sure. Day. But it's, it's weird. Still, it's weird on so many levels, guys. It, it's weird for the right reasons. Yeah, I guess. The reason I mean, they intended. But you can have yes. an older, you can get, I mean. If you had Tom Holland doing that scene, you'd want to blow your brains out. <laughs> I know. That's a different version of Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> oh, young yeah. Spider-Man. The young Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. It's so amazing that young Spider-Man is not like a, yeah, a no. household name. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pam Greer shows up. She has a scene with Carol Kane where they, she sort of asks her some questions and doesn't really accomplish very much basically other than to say like, I'm a cop and I'm here in this story now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you should be worried that I'm going to crack down on these girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I my, thought, and my name is Vera Cruz. Vera, Vera Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. A uh, little fun fact that uh, you guys might find interesting. Pam Greer's contract states that she must be in charge of doing her hair for all of her films. Right. Uh, so for this film, she is wearing three wigs blended together. Oh my God. That's cool. There you go. Good for her. Little, I love yeah, right. that. No, I, I, I wasn't. That. Yeah. Not, that wasn't that's a judgment. Not, I just. I, I, I like that. It's not just uh, that. That's not just an ego thing. Yeah. She actually puts a lot of thought into yeah. it. Yeah. I want to find three perfect ways. Yeah, we're gonna do this. Yeah. By the way, her hair looked fantastic. It did. Only well, she it. can do it. Uh, the Julie Fern uh, phone call I thought was actually a nice scene, which is the two of them talking and Julie's trying to kind of get through to Fern, and you can get the impression that like she's still like I can still save her. Mm-hmm. And then Courtney calls the other line and the whole thing falls apart. And you're sort of like, yes. it feels like a crossroads moment for Fern's character. And that's kind of the moment. When Britney she, Spears crossroads? Uh, yeah. Shonda Rhimes crossroads? Uh, yeah. yeah. Not a 99 movie, crazy? unfortunately, though. No. Um, 
Yes, though I like it like from Fern to Julie. I'm like, Julie. <laughs> you guys fucking hate Rebecca. Gilbert. I didn't That's like. Cool. I'm like, now you're trying to be friends. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel She's the same way. She's kind of like, Julie's kind of like whack. She, just, she is pretty whack. She I'm just, not, <laughs> I mean. She, it's a weird thing to say about a movie all about women. She takes the balls out of this movie. Well, it's kind of like, yeah. Like, I don't like. That there's yeah, I, like an awareness that she's being a bitch. She's like, remember when you used to be best friends? And it's like, you were like such a fucking bitch yeah. three days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, I, don't yeah. get on the phone. Like, you figure it out. I don't know. That's an interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting trope in a lot of these movies. It is. We've, we've encountered it a couple times yeah, so far. Well, I'm, I'm saying that the trope that you have a popular crew. Mm-hmm. That has a member of the popular crew that was once best friends with an outcast or a nerd. It happens in Mean Girls. Yeah, you know, I've, well, someone was best friends with Janice and um, Lizzie Kaplan. I can't remember who. Mm-hmm. Lizzie Kaplan, but I think it was Rachel McAdams' character was yes. best friends with her. Um, it happens in um, TV shows. I can't think of, but it happens all the time. Yeah, it does happen all the time. Um, yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Um, what was what, God? What, I'll, I'll I'll figure it but out. But I do think that's relatable. I I get why that's a trope. Mm-hmm. So I, here's my question to yeah. you guys to, to, to circle back a little bit to the John Waters of it all, which comes back to sort of what this movie is trying to Freaks do. and geeks. To do. Freaks and geeks. Does oh, yeah. It. Linda, right. Car- yeah, Linda yeah, Carlini, Carlini is best friends yeah. with that like nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The girl who plays the piano. Yeah. yeah. Who's like, great. I love her character. The show's yeah. great. Yeah. Also a 99 television show. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, it's exciting. Are you going to do that? Are yeah. you new TV? Are you down to watch 10 episodes of it and come and talk? Maybe, yeah. Is it 13? Yeah. I think it's... 10. I think it's I 10. Too. I don't think it's a full 13. But yeah. That would be fun. Sopranos, West Wing, Freaks, Freaks and Geeks, all 99. Oh, whoa. Right, yeah. It's crazy. Whoa. Others okay. might have just blown We'll guys. talk, yeah. Uh, so I guess I bring this up because I can't tell if it's trying to be a B movie or if it's striving for something more than that. Okay. And but I don't know how you part? guys. Which aspect? I'm, I'm talking just about the entire general. film. Right. Because I, I can't really sort of gauge it. By the end of this film, I can't decide if it's. It feels like a pastiche of sort of an homage to a bunch of different movies, um, but through the lens of something a little more budget and a little more B. I think it's trying to be a B movie. Okay. Okay. That's why I don't take it that serious. I mean, yeah, I mean, and maybe that's just my interpretation of it, no, but no. it doesn't, it seemed like it was trying to me to, it was very much about that female culture and everything else they didn't really care about. I, I, I want, agree. I wonder if there's. Um, I wonder if it w- is trying. If it, if that's correct. If it was really trying to be a B movie, but it, it had kind of the uh, the the juice taken out of it by the studio or by somebody, and said, "We need a way into this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make this Rebecca Gay Hart character right. the audience's perspective." And um, because that, to me, that's that's a very studioish note in a cool indie movie. You'd yeah. never have a character just say wrong, right. wrong, 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 wrong. Bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and stop dressing cool. It's just like she would have gotten killed in a better movie. Like if, if you went yeah. down, if you went down yeah. this road with that character, like there would have been some some kind of come up. I also kind of feel like its running time feels like a little bit of a sign that this movie was kind of chopped to pieces in the editing room a little bit. You know, it's it's, it's eighty seven minutes, eighty nine mm-hmm. minutes. It, it def- should wear that like a badge of honor. That's cool. yeah. I, I but I, I I don't have a problem with yeah. the ninety minute movie by any means. It just feels a little bit like it's just short enough with your credits and whatever that you have to wonder whether or not there was some mm-hmm. 
if there was some trimming going on. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so we have some interrogations that Pam Greer has with the kids, which we'll just we'll just breeze past that. But uh, we get to Marilyn Manson's cameo, which apparently had to be trimmed to get an R rating because it had an NC-17 rating. <gasps> Whoa. Uh, which is, that's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, is it? I wonder what he did. Didn't Marilyn Manson like have sex with Evan Rachel Wood in a music video when they were dating? Like actually have yeah, sex with her? Probably. It's consenting adults. I wasn't saying it was a consent. <laughs> Didn't say if you, they were dating it. Anyway, uh, I guess my question to you guys as well right now at this juncture is, are we supposed to believe that no one has put together that Vern, Fern is Violet? Yeah. Like a, like a Clark Kent Superman. It's a bad situation. thing about this movie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> because it's like. Every fucking it, time. But here's why. Because it's, She'll again, it. it's just a commentary of like, yeah, you are invisible and no one really cares. Like. The whole, I mean, fair. Like the indifference, the indifference of in life in general is just depressing and staggering. But heighten that to high school, sure. And it's just like (laughs) it's hilarious to Uh me. It's like, yeah, no one cares. No one paid attention to her. No one knows. I guess that's. And then they kind of like remember when they like put the posters up. Right, like it's so. I well, you're think it's also so like funny. as teenagers, you're you're so like up your own. You're ass. so self involved. Anybody, but yeah, that's. I'm fair. like that's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. No one remembers her. Yeah, this is so like, weird. What this movie? Well, you, no, your 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 points are very good, and you're right. And I almost feel dumb. <laughs> That like I I, I also shouldn't feel dumb. Well, I think it's I think I, I, it hits for, to what Phil said that women were like constantly renting this movie. It doesn't surprise me. It is a very but go on. No, I mean just like <laughs> Phil's perspective is my perspective. It's like this is such this is this is so ludicrous and such a laughable reveal. Like mm-hmm. it's so and it's, and it's not like because because Fern didn't strike me as someone who nobody knew. Fern struck me as someone everybody knew. Yeah, just they had very negative feelings towards her, but. I just, I, you know, I rolled my eyes at that, but your, your point is like, you're right. That like, like, I, I just don't know. I just can't really tell whether or not the movie. You what, don't, I, I, I'm not, I can't tell whether or not you're bringing this to the movie or whether the movie is giving this to you. Here's what I'll, the reason I think the movie is brilliant in this way is because it does what it does. It does so well. And it does a lot of things not well, but it seems like to me from the filmmaker's perspective, like he just wanted to get this, this commentary right and didn't care about the rest that much. Mm-hmm. That's my interpretation of it because I don't, I don't think he, you can accidentally comment on things the way he did so well. Like his commentary on like women and how they exist and how the world interprets them and how they interpret the world in turn, I think is so smart and not accidental Mm -hmm. that it seemed like to me, because look, he didn't do much after. Like Mm. I don't, there's a real possibility that he didn't have much range as a director, but like he, that, that part to me is like he had real vision for. That's interesting. I mean, I don't just, I don't just, I think it's very flawed in a lot of ways, but that part is like a, home run uh yeah i mean i can't i can't disagree with that i don't know i don't disagree with it either i mean i think look i think a better movie nails everything right i think a better movie nails i think a better movie you know works on a global level i also think that there are things in this movie yeah specifically not to harp with rebecca gayhart thing (laughs) that i no no that 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 flies in the face of of what you're saying and makes me think Mm -hmm. that maybe that was imposed on him as opposed to being part of his original villain Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. And you know, you and all three of us um, 
have had things imposed on us that fly in the face of our not original Phil. vision. Not me. Right, I not, I not Phil, yeah, but the rest, deal with something like the that. rest of us. <laughs> but these things happen where, you, where, you, where you're, you're willing to compromise anything, especially as a young writer. This guy was, yeah. as we said, right. a fetus. Right. But as, <laughs> yeah. you're willing to compromise almost anything to get something made in the right. beginning. Um, and I do think that, Heather, it's very clear to me that you found – like his vision and the the true intent of this movie, and I think the the signal is kind of lost in all the noise for me. Mm-hmm. I got the same. That's mm-hmm. the same thing that I had happen to me. But I do think that I like it more now than I did watching it. Hundred percent. It was mm-hmm. a, it was actually a it was a tough watch for me. If I'm being completely honest, I think, well, I think when we do the the ratings, yeah, we should do three. For you, it would only be two. You've only seen it once. But mm-hmm. for me, oh, it's going to be pre three. and post podcast. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because I had a number. That's, that's not my number anymore. <gasps> yeah, I, Ooh, I, I like would think. That. I think the same way. Um, so plot wise, let's we'll just kind of cursory go through it. And, I, and Phil, I think we should do it for every movie. Oh, interesting. You want to start a new trend? Heather yes. has started a new trend. Yeah. And I also want to do another thing. Mm. Oh God. This movie, like, I guess we're we're kind of fast forwarding to the end. Yeah, basically. And this movie <laughs> ends like all high school movies with a carry homage. <laughs> With a well, well, there's a reason it's a carry homage because, like every high school movie, yeah, ends prom. At, a at a prom, prom dance, yeah. at a prom Ever. or dance, there are two ways a high school with movie a real ends. band pretending to be kind of a fake band mm-hmm. or a real, a real band. band. Yeah, you're not sure if it's, it's Adonis playing the Donnas, Adonis playing the Genas, or I mean, whatever. I'm pretty it is. sure I think the Offspring was definitely not playing the Offspring these, in Idle Hands. This was definitely the Donnas because they had the Donna shirts. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So um, that's how they agreed to do it. Yes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's um, so. Like, yes. Yeah, so there are only two ways a high school movie ends: yep. either at the prom, or if it's a sports high school movie, at the big game. At the big mm-hmm. game. But that's it. Do you have what? <laughs> just off the top of your heads, what are your favorite prom end of movies? Back to the Future. Back to the Future is five on my list, actually. Five. Oh, yeah, you have a list because it's not so much a high school movie, but it ends mm. at, a, at a fucking high school yes, dance. It does. It does. That's so why. I, that's, that's why that's I made the pro- list. That's my number one. <sighs> that ends at a. Hmm, I'm I mean, trying to think of others. I mean, Peggy Sue got married. That's a, that's yes, a big hinge of that movie, which I quite liked. I have one that's not a high school movie, but it's a high school movie. Romeo okay. and Michelle. Great oh, movie. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, Gross Point that's Blank. It's a high school yeah. movie. It's a great. high school movie. And Gross Point Blank has a fucking great. Also a high school movie. Uh, also a high school movie and a great. A reunion movie is basically a high school movie. Yeah, why not? I want to say Once Bitten. Oh, interesting. Whoa. Interesting. Jim Nicholas, Carrey? Nicholas, I know, Jim oh, Carrey. I don't know why I thought it was Nicolas Cage. Um, anyway. But then there, I have some classics. Okay. Pretty in pink. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, Pro- a little bit of a problematic movie now, but. but Great ending. Great ending. Oh, you know what? It's a good one, too. My Boyfriend's Dead. Or My Boyfriend's Back. Remember that You're one? You're pulling some don't real, even, like. I don't even know that movie. Oh, it's yeah. great. It? It's like a I mean, zombie it's boyfriend. Also or zombie vampire? boyfriend. Vampire boyfriend? Zombie, zombie boyfriend. Okay, zombie. Keep going. And we'll be doing this later this year. But she's all that. For yeah. one reason. Uh, yeah. The choreographed dance scene. It works and it shouldn't. It's so wild. The Jody yeah. Little Keefe, yeah. like they yeah. know every step to yeah. this dance movie. Usher yeah, is DJ. It's an awesome movie. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't remember that. Yeah, it has this yeah, like really elaborate really choreographed elaborate. dance secret. They made well, you know why though. So my cousin directed She's All That. I don't oh. know if you knew that. That's the end of why, because uh, your cousin directed No, because he was before he was a, a director, he was a choreographer. He choreographed uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, the Jewish movie. And it's a big a deal. Bunch of, like, he was a big choreographer. We've never so, discussed this. I can't wait to do this movie. So he's going to talk about, when, when he comes on the podcast to talk about She's All That, Wow. Uh, we'll talk about the choreography. 
So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. But. Uh, so, yeah, so it ends with, with basically the birthday card confession is put on the, the mega on the megaphone or the speakers and during the dance and when Courtney is being crowned the prom queen uh, and they all turn on her. And that's basically the end of the movie. I killed Liz. Yeah. I killed, I killed Liz. the teen dream. Deal, Deal with, with it. it. Mm-hmm. Which is which, pretty yeah. iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly works. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's there's other stuff, but I mean, that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Know, in terms of the plot. Yeah. Uh, Zach and Julie end up together, you know, as, as you know, it was written in the stars. <laughs> written in the stars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Should we Should we do zero to 99? Yeah, let's do it. Um, you guys go first. I actually had pretty fond memories of this movie. So going into the movie, I thought this movie was a 60. I remember liking this movie a lot. I think I'd watched it a bunch of times. I watched it with my sister, I think. Um, my friends quote it. I, I, my male friends, I didn't even realize until I was watching it that I killed Liz, I killed the teen dream or for male that she, uh-huh. I mean, uh, Liz Purr, she's the cat's meow. <laughs> like that, that had come up in my friends group. So I was texting friends during the movie. Um, when I was watching, I was like, this is an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. I was like, this is an abomination. This might, I was yeah. going to give it a 25. Well, which is really low. Is that Lower the lowest th- score you've no, I, score I gave show factor. factor a three. Oh. He gave that wow. <laughs> so I've, well, Although, what did Wild, Wild West was a 12. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Wild West was a 20. I think Wild Wild West was a 20. No. Well, I was willing to go pretty low, but Chill Factor is chilly. Wild West is. Um, Wild West does have Kenny's favorite line of 1999, though. No more Mr. Knife Guy. Oh, no. But I got to give you credit, Heather. Like, you yeah. have. You, you, you turned him around. You did this movie yes. proud. Yeah. Um, I actually, I swear, I'm going to really surprise myself. Uh, I'm giving it a 57. Wow. It's a little less. That's a crazy jump. Is that a good jump? Because I didn't love watching it. Mm-hmm. But because I, that means you recommend this movie. That's what I, that's oh, exactly. Wow. Threshold is over 50 that's means exactly, a recommendation. Ah, that's exactly the point oh, I was going to make. Sorry. I, I think, no, no, but I think I can, I think I can honestly, fairly recommend this movie to somebody for the right reasons. And I could say, this is what you should ignore. Yeah. And this is what you should look for. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll like this if you're watching it in that way. Just yeah. like I wish I spoke to Heather before. Well, I'd never spoken to her before this podcast, but before this movie, yeah. because I think she could have pointed me in the right, in the I, right direction. I agree with that as well. So. Um, I did not see this film in 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I saw bits and pieces of it maybe over the years, but I had never seen them. I did, never sat down and watched the film. Uh, like Kenny, I thought this movie was an abomination as I was watching it. I mean, I think I was probably in the... Low 30s is probably where I think I was pre this podcast, but you have turned me around. Yes. Uh, And similar to Kenny, I would say that I'd give it a 51. Whoa. And here's what I'll say. Barely made it. I I, I feel it's it's, it's remarkable. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, though. We are the two most headstrong people. (laughs) It's actually not true. We're so malleable. Depends on what it is. all the time. Well, that was a very malleable turn you just took. There you go. <laughs> you are right. Within a matter of seconds, you went from headstrong to malleable. You're like, I'm very, well, well, you know what? Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I will just say that if someone asked if I would recommend this film similar to Kenny, I would have to say like, yes, but. And there would be some necessary things to say going mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. I remembered it fondly. I would give the memory of it like a 70 out of 99. Okay. In 99. Like 
Yeah, like I really enjoyed it. Maybe, you know what? Maybe a little less. Okay. Maybe like a 60 to 70. Okay. If I may wait for kind of a big range. That's a big range. Okay. Give it a give it a 65. All right, there you go. Guys, (laughs) what the difference? (laughs) What the difference? And watching it today, I watched it this morning at 8 a.m. Quite a treat. What a way to wake up. What a way to wake up. I'm gonna give it like an 80. Really? Yes, it was delightful. I mean, I don't right. really know how you guys work with your scales, <laughs> Kenny's but face. I liked it a lot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down a little bit. Now. <gasps> oh, no, I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. I mean, I wait. That- what? What does that mean? Like, what do you guys give an 82? It's not like a like talented Mr. Ripley. Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, something like that. Like, wow, like, that's not. She didn't like talented Mr. Ripley. No, I liked it, but like. I, I think I think oh, look, look, I gave I gave Ed TV an eighty five. You so did. We'll just <laughs> <laughs> Ed TV. We have you watched have, Ed TV? Uh, not and I don't remember. You'd be surprised any of how good it. Ed TV is. Really? It's a solid eighty five. You'd be surprised. But this how is, much it holds up just because of what it's saying about I, culture now. Well, see, that's that like what I love about this movie. You really defended yeah. your eighty. I think that like if you gave it much lower than an eighty. You would, have under, like, you, would have undercut, here? you would have undercut your argument. Yeah. You really, you really presented a strong case for this movie. You'd have to in order to flip us as hard as you flipped us. Yeah. Um, I think this was a, this was a wonderful podcast. This I really, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I thought this yeah. was uh, going to be tough because I thought this, this movie was hot garbage. Okay. But it was not. Great. I thought it was yeah. hot garbage mm-hmm. and I also was nervous that you loved it and we'd be fighting all. Uh, podcast, but we weren't. We weren't. No, well, because I think, and I get what you didn't like. Yeah, but I think also you. I don't know. Like you, 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 you stated your arguments well, and it made sense as to what you, just things that I couldn't or we couldn't see. It felt like just in terms of how much sort of artifice was going on in it. So you know, it's you great to talk about uh, next week. Yeah, let's talk about next week. Um. So next week, first and foremost. You know, apologies to our listeners. Uh, Kenny and I are doing this via Skype because, quite frankly, we're we're just too fucking busy. <laughs> so we are too. Thing. Don't worry about us. We're fine. <laughs> but uh, we want to throw to, I think, one of our more fun episodes. I agree. We picked this episode out of the 300 episodes we've already recorded. Actually, it's only about 275. <laughs> and uh, because we want you to have a great Labor Day holiday and listen to... The Mummy. Oh. <laughs> well, listen to... The Mummy? <laughs> um, what? Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, with, with Keely... With Keely Flaherty, uh, who, who is... A fucking blast. I, I can honestly say that, and I've had some good laughs on this podcast, but I was crying during the theme park roller coaster conversation that happens probably about an hour and a half into the podcast. But it is, and what was the ride that you guys were talking about? I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. It's, it's a ride at Disneyland. And uh, Keely and I agree it's the scariest ride we've ever been on, but we will. Um, this is called a tease. I'm going to tease you out. But that's not really what the episode's about. It's about The Mummy, um, one of the biggest, most successful movies of 1999. Um, don't remember much else about it, but. I mean, I do think that, honestly. It's a it's a pretty highly requested one on Twitter as well. I feel like a lot of people are are excited for the mummy. They they they're 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 excited. They can't wait to hear about Brendan Fraser again. 
I think kind of against all odds, this movie persevered because it's a remake of a not particularly beloved property. I mean, just kind of a th- something that's out in the ether. And, uh, and it did exceptionally well considering it also has this weird lasting impact through the Scorpion King movies. Um, yep, but yep. in and of itself... It's quite an enjoyable movie. So, uh, and it's yeah, quite enjoyable podcast. <laughs> it's a very enjoyable podcast. It, it is a, it is a, uh, despite how sort of tongue in cheek and broad it can be at times, it is a real blast to watch. Um, it, it, it has no right being as much fun as it actually is, I guess is what I'm getting at. Totally. Um, uh, so that's next week with Keely Flaherty, who uh, she used to work at BuzzFeed. I got to be honest, not really sure where she's working right now. She has a new job that she told me about and I don't remember, but uh, she's amazing and uh, it's going to be great. Thank so, you so much, Heather. Thank you for Please having me. Please come back. What a treat. I will. You Heather is, a, on, uh, is yes, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you should explain your handle. Um, my Twitter handle is Rick Fox, the actor. Because? A- because it's a line from a TV show called Party yeah. Down. Yes, yes, that's right. It's a Rick very. Fox, the actor? The actor. Jane Lynch. <laughs> Wait, an did, incredible. Did you? <laughs> what? Did, was, that your, um, was that your Twitter handle before iZombie? Yes. It's been her Twitter handle. Twitter it's been, it's one of the things that, Did well, I don't know. That job? I don't know if it helped or it scared Rob Thomas when I, t- I'm like, you know, my Twitter is like, I think he found it charming, but was always like, that's a weird Twitter handle. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a weird Twitter handle. You made for no yeah. good reason. Way Rick Fox. That's amazing. So you can, you can follow Heather there mm-hmm. and all her hijinks. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. A lot of, yeah. Kenny's at at Nybar. That's right. Been tweeting Tweets a little more all the time. Tweeting a little more. Thought about tweeting something political this morning. Decided not to. Oh, mm-hmm. I did. I was okay with it. Mm. Right, whatever. Uh, I'm at PM Iscov on Twitter and on Instagram. We have a Twitter for the show, which is at podcast like 1999. So follow us there. Tell your friends. Rate, review, subscribe. See all you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's nine. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 